Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio on our Thursday afternoon or evening, I guess, depending on when you're whether when you're listening. Um, if it's your first time catching the show, whether uh, live or in archive, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional navigational consultant. Uh, my expertise is in astrology and numerology and a number of different types of oracles like rune stones and angel cards and tarot cards and all kinds of things that I have worked with for many, many, many years. Uh, I am an author. I write a monthly column called Snake Oil. Uh, if you're not already getting that column, it is free at this point. Uh, it probably will remain that way. Uh, you can email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com to get added to the free monthly newsletter mailing list. Uh, it is blind copied, so no one will ever get your email address from me for any sales promotional purposes, uh, just so you know that. Um, and uh, I've written a number of books, and uh, I do professional consultations with people uh, here in my home office in Phoenix and also uh, all over the country. And I theoretically can say the world because I've actually recently talked with some people in Australia and Canada, so um, I do phone sessions as well. Listen, all that information is available on my website at, at jimventura.com, so you can get any info about that um, and my books and all that other good stuff, all available through Amazon and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Also, as of recent, uh, since late 2017, I have been doing the ABC show called The List that usually airs in Phoenix about 4.30, I think, Monday through Friday, but uh, it is syndicated across the country. And I've been doing a lot of astrology spots on that show and had the very exciting opportunity to host my own show uh, last week. Uh, that one's going to run this Friday. So uh, you can catch me there as well. Okay, so this, uh, this, uh, this, today's show is going to be a live column read. Uh, I'm going to read this month's column, even though I know it's not the beginning of the month. I'm just way behind because I was just absolutely swamped. Uh, with business and a lot going on at the beginning of this month. So I'm finally getting to my June column read. So I'm going to read the column. I'm going to talk about it a bit more uh, through our 45-minute show today. Um, I, I'm catching a number of people on, in the phone log already. Uh, uh, I apologize, guys, but you can kind of see that on the promo. When I do the column reads, I don't take live calls. Uh, the only time I take live calls is when I do astrology update shows. And uh, when I talk about astrology, I usually take a little bit toward the end of the show to take some question calls. Uh, sometimes I let people pull a card or two for people or things like that. I don't do that on the column read shows. It's just simply not enough time for it. So, uh, again, my apologies, but uh, I'll have to catch a, a, uh, another show for, for that type of thing, look for the astrology update shows to be able to call in. Uh, we don't really run a very long show here, so uh, uh, I know people enjoy it, but uh, the listeners don't get as much out of it uh, for the mini-reads. Um, I'm also having trouble, for some reason, getting into the chat room. Uh, normally, I can get into the chat room, but I think I have to upgrade my flash player. So I'm not getting into the chat room today either. Uh, so we're having a few little technical bog downs, but beyond that, I'm assuming my show will still run accordingly. Okay, so all that being said, I'm going to talk about today's column 
uh, do a live read. We're going to talk about that a little bit more, and uh, hopefully that will, will give you some, some positive insight here uh, on life. So this month's column was a, a brand new column that I wrote back in, uh, back in, in early May, and this snake oil is called Time for a Change. The signals that were going, that, uh, were going to change in my life began to come in the summer of 2017. I was aware of upcoming cyclical shifts in both numerology and astrology, but I could feel them instinctually as well. Practical, tangible things would need replacing. I've always been lucky with stuff lasting a long time. My perseverance and seeming disposition toward longevity often seem to translate to inanimate objects as well. After almost nine years with my 2001 Prius, the message said it was time for a new car began to push through. Uh, uh, the practical reasons were obvious. I had almost 200,000 miles on it. My rear shocks needed to be replaced, and my AC needed an overhaul for the summer. The car was still driving fine, but it had a slight pull to the left and a few other minor problems. Uh, it would easily be over $1,100 to get her repaired. But the question was, would this be a wise investment? I was very lucky to have never needed to replace the original hybrid battery, but I knew I was pushing that luck. Uh, I began to clean her out to prepare for taking the car in for a trade. And, you know, finding all the weird lost things tucked into the trunk between seat cushions and other pockets reminded me of how much time we had spent together. I love this car. In typical old soul fashion of seeing some aspect of life force and everything, I got far more sad about the loss at first than excited about my new car potential. I would truly miss this car, this part of my life, and, and what it represented. When we look at the influences of numerology, we can observe nine-year cycle patterns or yearly personal cycles. Whether we are aware of these cycles or not, they still influence us. The universal years are noticeable in society itself, yet the personal year cycles are simply that, or personal to us. In a one through nine-year cycle, the one year, the beginning of the cycle, is about beginning new projects. The transitions felt in a nine-year cycle are all about completion, potential accomplishment, and often even endings. My personal year, like everyone's, began on my birthday. This is when our personal numerology cycles begin. And in my case, this is late November of 2017. The five-year I began is typically a year of shifts, of changes, of moves, of evolution, and often some adversity. In our five-year cycle, we often experience transformation that helps us adjust in the middle of our nine-year cycle. I remember moving from New York to Arizona almost three decades ago during a five-year. It was a monumental change, every, eventually a really good one. Uh, but believe me, it started off with lots of challenges. There is no question for me about this being a five-year so far. I lost a very close friend, and in some respects, someone that I saw as another mother, on Christmas Day of 2017, uh, she passed from complications related to Parkinson's disease. She was a major light in my life for many years. Two months later in February, I had to make the agonizing decision about putting my best buddy, my very sick 16-year-old 16, 16 cat, Chi Chi, to rest. My 85-year-old mother is beginning to show physical and spiritual signs of getting ready to depart from this world. The physical issues and trouble she is having navigating around are obvious. But the feelings I'm getting are similar to the ones I felt before my father passed 10 years ago. 
Specifically, whether this will occur this year or next year, I can't know exactly, but it's coming. Needless to say, my emotional body has gotten quite the workout so far this year. The experience of loss and preparing for more is never an easy process. The flip side of all of this are changes that are clearly positive ones. I have filmed 10 appearances so far on television already since early December of 2017. I have had a number of encounters here in Arizona and Las Vegas with people recognizing the celebrity astrologer from television. Uh, this may likely lead to my getting more involved in television and is already working as a great marketing aid for my business. I have lost two family members I have spent most holidays and Sunday breakfasts with to move out of state, uh, but gained a few more new friends as well. I have a group of buddies to hang out with, and I really like them. Going out to the bars and events twice a month and ending up at dinner late night in a diner is reminiscent of my early 20s and, and pretty damn fun. When I bought my new car which is actually a newer 2010 Prius. I was happily surprised to find out that my credit score is now really good. After nine years of struggle with credit problems, after the difficult economic times of 2008 to 2011, I had tangible proof that I took all the right steps in getting things back on track. At that time, my home was underwater financially then as well, and now I actually have quite a bit of equity. If I were to sell and go back to renting an apartment, I realized I could actually take two years off from working for the first time in my life. I won't do that. But knowing that I can is amazingly liberating. For the first time in decades, I am truly ahead. It is understandable that many people struggle with change. Change can be scary, but whether we decide to see the change as good or bad is a reality of this world. Pushing up against it just causes us pain, and usually the changes will happen anyway. As much as I occasionally get sad when I think about the things I've loved and lost, I also feel a remarkable warm sense of privilege. I got to spend time with those people, my cat, and even my car. They are wonderful pieces of my life that I will fondly get to remember forever. Rather than focus on the loss, I feel blessed to have had them, and I relish how they touched me. I wouldn't trade any of it for a, pa uh, for a different past, even if I could. As much as I might miss them and they no longer fit into this current time, they were like pieces of a mosaic puzzle that no longer mesh into my world because they aren't supposed to. They are no longer here for their own reasons and evolution. And because I'm different and the world now is too, they move from the realm of the present to the nostalgia of the past, like excellent old music or television shows or movies from past decades that are still awesome to enjoy but now appropriately part of another time, like watching a rerun of Charlie's Angels or Mary Tyler Moore. They were a phenomenon that simply could only play at that time. I can comfortably see a time in about 40, more or less, years from now, where I'm reminiscing about my awesome cat, different groups of friends, my mother's, and even my little white car might even be telling someone who is too young to remember about our bizarre orange-skinned president and the phenomenon of water-cooler talk about a show like Game of Thrones. At that time, it is likely that I'll be ready for an even bigger change of letting go of this body, heading back to where I originally came from. No worries, 
no fear, no regrets, will be part of this transition for me. I will embrace the change because it's just simply time and my body and my spirit no longer fit into this world in the way that it did. But for now, I will enjoy the many, many things I still do have and welcome the new into my life when it presents itself to fit perfectly into mine now. Okay, so I wrote this column in May, and uh, I am uh, very proud of it at multiple levels because, yeah, you know, in, in a nutshell, uh, this year started off pretty bumpy. Uh, you know, if, you, if you've caught past columns I've written, uh, I wrote about uh, the process of, of having to put my, my cat down uh, and make those decisions. Uh, that was an ordeal, to put it mildly. Um, there were definitely some real hits to the to to the body, uh, and you know a few other things I, I've been dealing with. I, I definitely did not list all the things that were in play. Yeah, you know, but like I said, the piece on the other end, um, you know, there's a lot of good that has been happening. Um, you know, I, I I did television 20 years ago. I had, did a public access show for many many years back in the late 90s. Not many many years. I did it for two years, but I did 21 episodes of that show. And uh, so that was when I actually got my television training. It's funny to be going back to it 20 years later when I'm, uh, you know, 20, 21 years older. But, um, you know, it, it feels pretty natural, and it's it's working for ABC television as opposed to public access. So, la-di-da. <laughs> so I, it's good working with ABC. They're extremely professional. Uh, you know, everybody I work with, the producers, the camera people, the hosts, uh people that do all the work behind the scenes, which is a shitload, you know, um, it, it's really cool to, to be able to do that. I, I definitely see more of a future in this field in, in some directions, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about that. So some, some good things have, have come out of this as well, too. You know, an interesting thing that I didn't really get to talk about so much in that piece when I wrote it is, and I want to talk about a little bit about that today, because I think that can answer some questions some of you may have about your own life in a different context. And ultimately, I am a storyteller, so I, I typically tell stories. You know, there is a value in using my own stories because I can't really, you know, if I tell stories about things that happen to clients, I have to disguise their identities. Uh, it's not appropriate for me to share specific identities of clients or what they're going through. So I can legally and, and ethically uh, cover my own uh, track this way a lot more effectively. So um, that being said, um, let me talk to you a little bit about what I went through when I went to bought the car. Now, part of my hesitancy about about buying a car is is multiple, multifaceted. You know, one, the car was still running relatively well, even though I would have had to put some money into it. You know, I grew up in a family where there was a strong sense of frugality and practicality. You didn't throw away something perfectly good. You know, most of our cars cars ended in car accidents or, or you know, the car's just falling apart and having to need a new car. You know, I had very Catholic parents, and so I don't really follow Catholicism anymore. You know, those roots run deep in our, in our psyches in a way. So we were taught this very frugal pragmatism. And so for me to turn in again a reasonably good car was sort of uncomfortable, and then there's the other weird stuff about I love the car, it was my buddy, a lot of different stuff here. That being said, there's also a practical side to this, which is having a car payment again. I have not had a car payment in five years, and that's awesome not having to deal with the car payment. So 
So the interesting part of this is about, I, I really, I finally did, I batted over the surround in my head for a bit, and I finally made the decision to just bite the bullet, and I was going to go over to Toyota, the Toyota on Camelback here, and, and, and just kind of look at cars. I had decided on getting a used Camry, um, and because that's what my mechanic told me to do. So, you know, the morning that I was supposed to leave to buy the car, I had taken the day off for it. I had the worst financial week I could have ever had. I mean, I just made hardly any money. Uh, it was a really slow week. I didn't make much money. Just I'm sort of looking up at the universe and being like, you know, are you guys kidding me here? I mean, you're, you're sort of telling me I need to buy a car and have a car payment, put money down on a car as well, and you're not giving me any money here? This is a little unnerving. So I kind of bobbed back and forth on whether I should do it that morning. You know, Libra Moon here. Sagittarius Sun sign Libra Moon. Libras can have sometimes a tendency to procrastinate. So it's kind of back and forth. And finally, I was just like, dude, just go. At least go look and see what they have. You don't have to buy something today, but at least go. So get in the car, go over to the dealership, walk up. The first guy that greets me immediately takes me. He sees me drive up in a Prius and says, oh, you want to look at Priuses? And I said, no, I want to look at Camrys, actually. Takes me over to two Priuses they have in the lot, two really nice used Priuses. I look at this one car. Out of the two of them, it's gold. I love the color. I look at the car, and immediately I'm thinking, this is my car. This is my car. I mean, this is always how I've been. I've always been weird that way in an intuitive sense. If I meet someone, I kind of know whether we're going to have a friendship or a relationship almost instantly. There's karmic recognition. I mean, even things with cars and other stuff, there's just something about me. When I bought my home, I looked at a lot of condos, but when I walked up these stairs, I felt like I'd walk up the stairs a million times. It felt familiar. I knew I was going to live here. Yeah, so new age weirdo here. <laughs> but that's what happens when you develop your intuition. Things like that become more normal for you. So so this car, I knew it was going to be my car. So we go through the process of back and forth. I'm, you know, they're going to check my credit report. I'm nervous about that. I had all kinds of credit issues many years ago. and I've been getting my credit fixed up, but I don't know how good it is still. So here's the cosmic joke. One, they run my credit report. Uh, my credit score is a 783, which if you're not familiar with what credit scores are and what they mean, that is extremely good. So I've done all the right things to rebuild my credit, and I cannot stress how difficult my credit and financial issues were in 2008 through 11. So uh, I had some phobia about that, but apparently totally rebooted that, uh, so they were eager to get me. A, I, I, my credit was so good, I didn't even have to put money down to buy the car. They would finance me without even uh, just the car trade in itself, which is only like 800 bucks. Okay, so go this process. Of course, I do all the negotiating, trying to get them to cut costs here and there. Anyway, getting this great car, and I'm driving home, and the first thing that just dawns on me when I'm in this, this newer car with its all electronic gadgets and, and you know, and, and keyless keyless entry and satellite radio and beautiful air conditioning and it's really pretty and the first thing that dawns on me when I'm driving home is I feel like this car is too nice for me. And the moment that that ran into my mind, I thought I still have all this old programming about modesty and being small and being little and you know, I'm laughing at myself because I'm thinking I did not buy, I didn't drive off the car lot in a two thousand eighteen Tesla here. This is a used Prius, you know? You know, only 70,000 miles on it, really in good shape and everything, but newer for me. But this is not, a, this is not an extravagant buy, and yet I still have those feelings in me. 
And I mention this because, listen, if, if you've got troubles with financial stuff, uh, you know, as typical of most human beings, we look outside and we get frustrated at our job or we can't find a job. And we, but, you know, a lot of times there's a deeper sort of thing about how we receive and how we're comfortable, you all, with abundance and all of those things. So, again, something I very much stress when I work with clients, especially my regulars when I see them quarterly or monthly, about weeding out these old beliefs that we carry that are, are limiting in one way or another. So I get the car home, and, and you know, long story short, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to make how a lot of it works because I'm a dingbat. I keep the manual, and I'm reading the manual, and slowly learning bit by bit how this car works. I did a couple of really stupid dingbat things with it in the beginning that I won't go into too much <laughs> detail about. And uh, but I finally figured out how this car runs. And now two things happened. One, I love this car. Uh, I mean, I even find myself kind of making up excuses at times to just go for a ride somewhere just to get in this car. I drove it to Las Vegas last month. Oh, heaven, just to drive in this car. You know, it hardly cost me anything for gas. And I just liked the car. And I had a car to get around with. And I didn't have to get stuck flying, and I enjoy the rides, believe it or not, so that was cool. But another thing, and this is probably the most important thing of all happened, after I became aware of that belief about this is too nice for me and I still had limitation issues with receiving, of course, I did what I always do. I began to kind of shed that, try to make a conscious decision to say, no, I'm not buying that anymore. It's perfectly okay for me to have money and, and have comfort. So the two, three weeks after I bought the car, I went through a process where so far this year, the busiest weeks I've had business-wise occurred within that three-week period after buying the car. I mean, just really busy and making money. A lot of new clients, a lot of returning clients, a very prosperous thing. I had a lot of clients tip, which is something I don't really want people to do. I have a set price for, for sessions and so need to tip. I'm not a massage therapist, you know what I mean? So, um, but people tipped. It was just a weird thing where a lot of money came in. Plus, on top of it, I go to the casino once a month. Not once a month. I go once a week, actually, to my local casino. Uh, I've talked about that on other shows. I am a mathematician, so I do kind of have some pretty bad gambling skills, and I'm, I'm pretty frugal about it, too. But the last three times I went to the casino, every damn time I won. Every time I won. I mean, I won 350, then I won uh, 150, and then I won 70 on the third trip, you know, over the span of a month. So it was almost cartoonish how all this fear I had about getting a new car and having a car payment and my credit, I mean, it was all hogwash. It was total turnaround in another direction. It's almost like the process of me buying the car was part of me making that change and trusting at one level or another. So, yeah, you know, what I often kind of suggest for, for clients and, and, and people when, when you've got some money issues or financial issues, as weird as it sounds, you know, as you, as you kind of work on, on changing your beliefs about money and financial things and beginning to make those internal shifts, it can be a benefit to do something a little bit extravagant. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, going to Europe if you don't have a job and spending a fortune, but, you know, it could be as simple a thing as like, you know, spending an extra dollar on better ice cream when you go. And then rather than being uncomfortable about that, feel like you deserve to have Haagen-Dazs. You know, I mean, there's something about that process that actually can shift internal beliefs 
and I'll process around it. It doesn't have to be done in a way that's going to scare you or put you in any real major discomfort, but there is something about that as being part of that process of making that shift. So something to consider. Now, um, what I want to also talk about is I had mentioned some of the numerology in, in this particular piece. So I want to talk about a little bit about numerology so you guys understand that. And I know probably for some of my listeners you're already having a heart attack because I'm going to talk about mathematics. But the good news is numerology is actually very simple, mathematics, so I'm going to make this easy for you. I mentioned in the piece that I'm in a five personal year. So my birthday is November 29th, and so I'm halfway through my five year, and then I'll go into a six year in numerology in November of this year. So this being said, how do you figure out your, your personal year cycles? So we go through one through nine year cycles. And what I mentioned in the piece was that we have what are called universal years. Now, it's very easy to get the number of the universal year. So I'm going to give you that as an example. 2018 is, in numerology, is a two-year or 11, depending on how you would read it. 11 could be read as a two also. I'll explain that more in a minute. But you do that, of course, it's very simple. You add 2 plus 0 plus 1 plus 8, 2018. And you would get 2 plus 0 is 2, 2 plus 1 uh, is 3, and then 8 would make that an 11. So an 11, you add 1 and 1. Numerology, we're always reducing to single digits. Again, unless we have master numbers, which are 11s, 22s, 33s, 44s, we sometimes want to note those. But so ultimately an 11, again, would be read as an 11 or as a two-year in numerology. So that's universal. That means we all are participating in the energy of the two at a universal level. Um, how we get our, our own personal year is the way we do this is we substitute the universal year or, you know, what the current year is. So when we're adding our own birth path numbers up, so say, for instance, let me give you an example of this. Say you were born uh, March uh, 5th of 1960. The way, you would, the way you would figure out what your personal year cycle is, is you would use March 5th, so those would be your set numbers, uh, 3, 5, March 5th, and then you would substitute the current year for your birth year. So it would be, the numbers you'd be adding up would be 3 and 5, March 5th, and then you'd be adding 2018. So you would add all of those numbers up and eventually reduce that to a singular digit. So just to give you the, the mathematics of this, 3 plus 5 would be 8, and then you would add a 2 for 2,000. That would make that 8 plus 2 is a 10. And 0, you can ignore the 0 in that sense, and then 18 would make that an 11 and then you would add an 8 to it, and that would bring it to uh, 19. And then 1 and 9 would come up to the number 10. 1 plus 0 is 1. So you would be in a one year. Now, you can do this with your own numbers. The key is you got to realize that the, the, your, your, your year, your personal year, is more likely to actually start on your birthday, though. So if you're born in March, um, you know, that's going to be when your new year cycle starts in March. If you're born in November like I am, there's going to be a little bit of a feeling of being somewhat behind in that way because, you know, late November, I'm still looking at a 2018 cycle, but that's going to run 
you know, again, a little differently because of the timing. But that's how you do it. Uh, let me give you one more example of this, so in case you're still a little, little bit lost on this. Say your birthday is September 1st. That's a 9 and a 1. And then whatever year you were born, to look at the personal year, you're scratching your year. You're adding 9 plus 1, which comes to a 1 again. 9 plus 1 is 10, and 1 plus 0 is 1. And then you add that to 2018, which if you reduce is a 2. So you would be, as of September of, of 2018, be going into a three-year in the numerology cycle. So that's how you figure out the cycles. Um, it is interesting. Let me give you a breakdown, just a general feel of what the years feel like. Now, in a one year, that's the beginning. You know, if you're in your own one year cyclically, uh, the way that that's going to feel is a one year is like a year of fresh starts and new beginnings, new ideas. You're literally beginning a whole new nine-year cycle. So often there have been some completion in the previous cycle of the nine-year that was before it. We'll talk about that a little more when we get to the nine. But Ultimately, that's what a one-year is. It's really, think of it as a year about planting seeds. Uh, you may not necessarily get results yet, but you're, in essence, you're planting seeds, you're moving in a new direction, you're getting new insights, new ideas. You know, people often get ballsy during one years. It's like, you know, this is what I want to do now. I want to change careers. I want to, you know, I want to start a new relationship. I want to build something. You know, this is the, often what is common during one years. Two-year is often about relationships and partnerships and diplomacy. The vibe of the two is about duality. You know, often what we've begun during the, the one year now begins to take root, more so in our two-year, and now we end up dealing with the details of, of what endeavors we've put into play during a two-year. And we juggle and we multitask and we, we understand the value of diplomacy and you know, sometimes kissing a little ass or <laughs> you know, being nice or knowing how to balance and juggle in that sense. That's the energy of the two. A three-year, the vibration of a, a personal three-year can feel like a year of expansion, a year of growth. Uh, the three-year is all about advancement and, and growth and opportunity and forward movement. Uh, it can be a year of abundance. You know, on the other side, three-year can sometimes bring up some issues with relationships and things where there are some some battles or things that come into play. You know, the three years about creation and abundance and expansion. But sometimes that can bring with it some, you know, some challenges that can come into play. If we marry during a three-year, we may have to figure out how to juggle our best friend or our children or other factors in play, and they may not like where our priorities are. So there can be some turbulence that can surface at times in three years. But as a general rule of thumb, it does tend to feel like a year where we are expanding in some way. The four-year in the cycle is a practical year. Four is a grounded, solid, practical number. It's about rebuilding, restructuring, about working. You know, often we've expended energy, money, time, things in the previous cycles, the last couple of years, and the four-year, we often begin to ground ourselves to fix and take care of what needs to be done. Uh, it is a year of digging and hoeing, of, of getting, uh, you know, of paying back debt, of working extra hours, of, of really uh, putting more energy into practical concerns uh, to continue to build or to rebuild. Uh, four years can be tough in a way because we can often have a strong sense of obligation about what we need to take care of. But, it, you know, again, when you look at the numbers of your of your, your normal numerology chart, 
from your name or from or from your date of birth, you know, there's certain numbers that are going to buy better for us if we already have some of those numbers in our chart. So, so the four year is the year of, of rebuilding and, and putting things back together again, so to speak. And then the five year comes, midpoint of the cycle, period of changes, of movement, of shifts. A lot of people move during five year cycles. A lot of times relationships change, new ones come in, old ones go out. Uh, sometimes there could be a turbulent feeling to the five. It is not a stable number. It tends to be more like having that sort of sense of potential and adventure and possibility on the horizon or even in our personal space. Or um, it can also be, you know, that feeling of, of, of being pushed to be forced to make changes in a way. And again, I'm in a five-year. Great, you know, if you, if you read my, my column or you got to hear me say it live, you could see I think I illustrated some of the realities of, of that five-year. And, and that's what it is. It's all kinds of blessings of new things coming in. But some old things are going out. Uh, so that's what the five-year can feel like. Uh, Six-year um, is a year of service, healing, uh, home, family, responsibility. You know, six-year, we tend to want to reground ourselves. We, we become more aware of our, our needs to be of service to others, our value of our home, our family, uh, of stabilizing. You know, many people uh, become more focused on the family or uh, just responsibility in general during the sixth year. Now, if anyone has sixes in their numerology charts, you understand that you're already responsible. So a six-year cycle can kind of increase that sense of, of, of responsibility to home, to family, to, to nurturing, to caring for others, and, and both the values that come from that. Um, you know, six years can be good for relationships, obviously, because we're more inclined to be service-oriented in a way, so there can be some value to that. When the seven-year comes in our cycle, it is a year of kind of purposeful pause. Uh, we often retreat. We, we often go through a weeding process of figuring out what works and what doesn't work. Uh, atypical of seven years for a lot of people can be on the positive side. It could be going back to school, uh, completing degrees, um, you know, uh, becoming smarter, learning more, uh, studying things to become more knowledgeable. Uh, we may find ourselves a little less social than normal during a seven cycle because there's a part of us that wants to retreat more, to meditate, to pray, to recapitulate ourselves. Uh, many people during seven cycles uh, get involved in exercising or dieting um, or sometimes are paying specific attention to the body with health issues and things and sort of in that sort of fix-it cycle that is so commonplace uh, during the seven. But that's what we ultimately do during the seven. It's like we're gaining new knowledge, but we're also weeding out what works and what doesn't work for us. And sometimes that's people that may not fit into the paradigm of where we are now, too, or aspects of ourselves, emotionally or physically. An eight-year cycle is uh, all about um, power and success and, and money and accomplishment. You know, an eight-year cycle, we, we become more confident. We begin to make decisions at, at very practical ways. Uh, you know, many people buy homes during eight years or get promotions at their jobs. Um, there can be uh, some very good things during an eight year. It can often be a very successful year because we've often done a certain amount of preparation work in the previous cycle and now come to some culmination in the eight of some element of success. Uh, there also can be power struggles that will typically surface during eight years. Uh, sometimes people around us aren't comfortable with our new sense of power and our sense of, of decision making. Uh, that are common during eight years. And, you know, sometimes dependent on our numbers and our other astrological influences, we may have trouble with, with being comfortable 
with making decisions. So the eight year can sometimes carry with it some some power struggles. Uh, I bought my first home in my life when I was I gotta think about that year was I think I was thirty five when I first bought my first home after years of renting. I bought this condo that I'm still in now um, during an eight year. I just braved it and, and made the decision to finally commit to buying something. Um, very glad I did that, I might add, but that was not an easy process. I've written about that before, talked about it. Nine-year cycle. The nine-year is always sort of an interesting duality because it can be a year of completions where we're literally at a nine-year cycle. There's a sense of completion. A lot of times the things we've been working toward come to some culmination or some, uh, some sense of accomplishment in a very, very real way. So um, nine years can have a very good feel to them that way about I finally am there, I've been working on getting in shape, or I finally feel comfortable in my relationship to move to the next step, or I've accomplished in my job. Uh, the dual side of the nine is it can also represent a year of endings and transitions and letting go. You know, a lot of times the things we cared about you know, seven, eight years ago, uh, may not matter to us now. We may have found that um, we're moving in another direction. And the nine years about that culmination of, of what we've done and that beginning of recognizing that we might want to take another road, that we might want to go in another direction. Um, so nine years can be interesting that way. Often they're more about completion, but they can indicate some areas of, of endings and, and transition. Um, it often is a very intuitive year, a year where it's important to pay attention to your dreams and to begin to journal and to look at at uh, even the influences of people around you. A nine-year can promote our humanitarian side where we become more understanding and more tolerant of other people. The flip side of that is sometimes if we're too tolerant, too understanding, too empathic, there can be a price tag to that. You know, I... Uh, I, I regularly feed feral cats that live out in, in our complex. And, you know, and the plus side is I can pet them. Nobody else that lives here can. Joked on that past shows before about calling me Dr. Doolittle. Um, they come to me for food, but they come to me just to pet them. You know, uh, they're all fixed. We, we did a good job of getting all our animals fixed here. But uh, long story short, often I'll have a lot of cats hanging on my stairs. And it scares the crap out of clients sometimes when they go up the stairs. I actually have a disclaimer in my, when people set appointments up to say, hey, if you're coming here, there's a possibility when you walk up the stairs, there might be a cat or two that's going to run down and hiss at you, you know, because they wait by my front door a lot of times, you know. So, I, you know, it makes me laugh because when I was younger, that humanitarian part of me, it was more like I always had like a collection of like friends and roommates in my 20s that were a little bit like stray cats and dogs, if you know what I mean. I was always a caretaker. My numerology birth path number is six. Uh, so uh, I was always sort of caretaking. You know, so now it's like animals. But, hey, you know what? None of the cats come to the house. I, they're outside animals. And uh, I think it's a better exchange, personally, because those cats don't cost me very much and cause me very little agony as much as human beings did in my younger years. So... I'm not getting rid of that part of me. I just exchanged it because I'm a little less toxic, you know. So uh, the cats are, are actually like little protectors of my home in that way, and I, I know that. And they feel they're protecting me, and, you know, uh, so that's good. So in a nutshell, that's it. And then after a nine-year, we begin the loop of another cycle of a one-year. And that's how the cycles work. 
So, you know, listen, I had awareness that I was moving into a five-year. Uh, last year was definitely a four-year for me. It was a work year. It was a practical year. It was, uh, you know, a lot of, of kind of grounded practicality. But the, this whole year feels very different. The whole vibration of this different. I'm, I'm traveling more, typical of a five-year. I don't want any chains. You know, it was very sad to lose my cat, as I did back in February of this year. But, you know, I didn't race out to get another um, pet. I will probably eventually do that at some point in the next few years. But I kind of don't want to be encumbered with taking care of anything, you know, that directly right now. I kind of want to be free in a way. I'm kind of floating with that, that five energy and seeing where things go. I don't know exactly where this television work is going to take me, but I just kind of sense it will have, I will do more in it in the next few years. I have no concern about that. So the five year is, like I said, it can feel a little bit like an unstable kind of cyclical year, but okay, so what? I'm 53 years old. I've been through enough five cycles to know what these feel like and not to buck against them. So that is kind of the keynote of, of understanding numerology cycles. Uh, of course, there's also cycles you can see in astrology and in other areas, and, and I'll talk about those in future shows and have talked about that in, in the columns that I do uh, and certainly in, in more personal terms with one-on-one sessions when I talk to people by phone or in my office. But what I also would want to suggest for a lot of you to consider is a lot of times we can sense changes coming. Um, a good portion of my listeners are going to be fairly intuitive in their, in their vibrational tone. So a lot of times we sense things. But here's what I want to tell you guys. You've got to remember that sometimes you're sensing something that is around the corner. Um, sometimes you're sensing something that may be three or four years off. Um, timing cycles can be, can be questionable in terms of figuring out exactly when something is going to happen. So what I notice a lot of people will do is right when they're on the threshold of some type of big change that they've been working toward, they go into a panic phase or they unconsciously sabotage the situation or, again, old limiting beliefs come up that block them about self-worth. So you want to catch yourself with that type of thing. That's why I was glad to share the car story with everybody because after the fact, I'm very glad I bought that car. Um, The timing was perfect. It was exactly what I was supposed to do. Um, and I was able to catch some of these limiting beliefs that I still carry inside that, I, you know, I, I don't want to carry this forward anymore. This, this is, does not make any sense. I'm, I'm not being, you know, it's this idea that you're some type of saint by being frugal. Well, I guess, but, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't have to be, you know, a multi-millionaire billionaire to be happy. God knows I don't even have an interest in that, but it's okay for me to have more money and be more comfortable, and it's okay for you guys to do that too, if that's ultimately what you want to do. Um, but uh, it's good sometimes to keep a journal and take notes on the things you're picking up on. And if you read cards and things yourself, um, you know, again, remember uh, things are cyclical in a way, and sometimes you pick up on things way before they are ready to actually happen. Okay. So that being said, we are, as usual, quickly through our 45-minute show here. Um, again, I, I thank all the callers who called in. I'm sorry I, I'm not able to get to your calls. Uh, I will uh, run a couple of astrology updates uh, in the next uh, few months here and there. So um, catch those because not only do you get the astrology insight, but I do often take a couple of calls during those shows to um, answer specific questions from people about astrology or pull a quick card from them or a rune or 
something like that. If they have a question, um, I, again, I just don't do those during the uh, the uh, column read shows. We just simply don't have the time uh, to do those during these shows. Um, but hopefully you get insight from the column itself and what my subsequent talking about it. So uh, thanks for joining me today. We're at the end of our show. Uh, if you're not already getting my uh, monthly newsletter, email me at venturesage at yahoo.com. Include your date of birth because there's a birthday promotion I do every year too uh, for a discounted session. Um, uh, you get all that information on my website also if you're interested in a personal session. Uh, go to jimventura.com or you know access any of my books or any of that good stuff, all available on jimventura.com. And uh, I will be doing another show on the list this coming Friday. Um, it is as goofy as ever. It's about astrology and dinosaurs. <laughs> so it's to tie in with the Jurassic Park opening. So it is a little silly, but it is fun, and uh, it, it was fun to do it. They left the show, which was exciting. So that will run this uh, particular Friday. Okay, I'll be here again next month, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining me again today, and have a great uh, weekend, weekend coming up, and happy start to summer, summer solstice today. Cheers. <laughs>